You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. I'm on size nothing, that's all tall. Hello folks, welcome back to Free Speech. We're here at Stand Up New York Labs recording this. Uh, We're not doing it live because it's a holiday week, so I came down from upstate to do this and we're going to air it later on. So you'll notice it doesn't have that live feel. It has nothing to do with me, I shouldn't take it personally. It's not even remotely to do with you. Uh, Yep, not even 0.001% your fault. Um... I'm not going to name my guest today because he uh, doesn't want to be named. He has a deal with the thing we're going to talk about, his school, where uh, they, they don't want him doing PR. So we're just going to, this is a guy who started a charter school. And I find that fascinating for a number of reasons. But I would like to drag it back to Mark Marin. Okay. Fucking hate that guy. He sums up. The, the sort of beta male, oy vey, woe is me mentality that a lot of comedians have where they go, I'm just a schlub. Oh, I'm so fucked up. I'm a mess. And then they go fuck 20-year-olds. You yeah. know, they have some assistant that they bone uh, the whole time going, ah, I'm just, uh. And they do that, you know, well into their fucking 50s. Uh, and I think a lot of those guys are just <clears throat> creepy nerds who didn't get laid in college and are getting revenge on women now. Yeah, well, I wonder what makes women attracted to that. Though. Fame. Why, why, oh, it's the fame. Yeah. 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 A lot of comedians call them, uh, those groupies, uh, chuckle fuckers. Oh. Yeah. You learn something new every day. I got a, one simple correction. I didn't start a charter school. I we'll was, get to that person. All right. Just want to be exact. You know what? I can say anything I want because I'm anonymous. Anything. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I started You could try out being school. racist. <laughs> That's the beauty of free speech. Right, right. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Maybe. It might be nice, but yeah. you might like it. Right. You don't want to risk it? It might be too fun? Not at first. Let's see if we can warm up to it. It's like heroin. A lot of people don't want to try it because they think that I won't be able to get out. But I don't understand that. That's like we all go to Jamaica, and then you, when we're going back to you know the hotel lobby to get the taxi to the airport, you go, I'm actually going to stay, guys. Yeah, well, are we talking about real racist, like I hate black people type racist, or, or, or racist like... Oh, so you're already like getting interested. Saying the word race makes me racist, sort of racist. Or, there is uh, a wide spectrum right, yeah. of racism right. in this country. Uh, just the other day, we had an African-American basketball player have to apologize to a white man uh, on the Wisconsin college team because he said, fuck that nigger. Ah, so we've gone so far now that black people have to apologize to whites <laughs> for calling them a nigger. Oh, man. Oh. That's logical. <laughs> I, love, I love when you play these things through. So the reason you had to apologize is because we don't want a world where white people are consistently called nigger. Right. Is that what we're preventing here? Right. Is that the right. risk? Oh, it, I, don't <laughs> I don't see that. Anyway, sorry, to get back to Mark Maron. So... I was on his podcast, WTF, um, and I didn't get along with, uh, it didn't go very well, uh, and he canceled it later. He canceled it when I got in shit for being transphobic. Mm. I wrote an article called Transphobia is Perfectly Natural. It fucking exploded. With transphobic meaning you're afraid, you are I am afraid s- or scared of people who are trans? Uh, well, basically, yeah. I, I said, uh, the thought of someone, someone I know, a lot of them are really gay nice. or not gay, cutting their cock off scares me. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, th- then it's a lady. And what I was trying to say in the article is, let's stop pretending this is normal. It's not normal. Uh, their suicide rate is brutal. Uh, kids are taking hormone blockers to prevent puberty. Meanwhile, half of them would just be oh, normal God. gays. Just put on some red short shorts and yeah. go suck some cocks. You'll love it. <laughs> anyway, that article was sort of twisted into kill... Drag queens, oh. and people could get behind hating that, and Mark Maron did, uh, and he canned the uh, podcast, saying that uh, on light of this, in light of this new information, we can't uh, release this podcast because the interview's incomplete, mm. now that we know you're a transphobe. <laughs> but I think one of the real reasons he wanted to can it is because we had an argument about education, and he pulled out that trope about how the problem with schools and education is systemic 
That's mm. you get the same word when you discuss racism too. It's systemic, okay. and it implies it's like a gas that is seeped into all the nooks yeah. and crannies, and it's not fixable. Right. So I said back to him, he goes, "There's not just one little fix, and it'll be better. It's it's the parents, it's the blah 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 blah." And we've been throwing money at this problem for, let's say, f- f- half a century. Yeah. Really hurling money at it. Grades have stayed <laughs> totally flat. We're up to what, like twelve, fifteen thousand dollars a student we pay uh, per a little, year. That's a bit more about in, well, New York, thirteen seven. Okay, so we're spending about a, thirteen seven over a thousand bucks a month per yeah. student yeah. to get them to do anything, and they're fucking useless. And I said there is one tiny fix you can do that solves the problem: make it possible to fire teachers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. that's why I think the podcast was killed, because he had no rebuttal to that. And the reason I wanted you on this show, sorry for this incredibly long introduction, but... I'm enjoying it. The yeah. reason I want you on the show yeah. is because you personify this solution, Yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Wow. You it's know, that easy. <laughs> now, why don't you tell us the little you can tell us about right. what you do? Okay, so back, uh, let's say... Change the date. Uh, t- 35 years ago. No, no, just change it a little. Uh, so, yeah, in the early thousands, let's put it that okay. way. Uh, some some friends of mine came together and they said, look, we want to start a charter school in New York City. And uh, do you want to be a part of it? And the, the original team, in, including everybody, was about 15 people. Parents. No, 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 uh, staff. So, including the the founders, oh, and, and, okay. and you know, so and we started with a very small school, small cohort of about ninety kids uh-huh. in 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 one elementary school grade. Because you know the charters, there's a lot to talk about, and so I'm just gonna just do your start story anywhere. Yeah. Um, they, the, the, first of all, and all a charter means, charter schools is a section of law. So there are so there are good charters, there are terrible charters, there are mediocre charters. A charter means yes, but there is more good charters than there are good public schools per capita, depending on your zip code, right? So the whole idea about charter schools as as a solution to uh, solving the problem of staggering, just brain numbing dropout rates in in certain zip codes, uh, generally speaking. Uh, underprivileged, use that word, underprivileged communities across the I country. I think the, a quicker word is black. That is a quicker uh, word. Uh, it's also black and Latino, right? Okay. So black and Latino communities, the, the, most, uh, the, the, the most underserved communities in the country. If you were unlucky enough to live in one of those zip codes, you could enjoy dropout rates, uh, s- uh, systemic dropout rates of something like between 60 and 70%. Okay. So charter schools came in. Uh, there, there were people before us, obviously, who came in and, and did it successfully, where they said, we're going to use a, a, a private mo- privatization model uh-huh. where we're going to unshackle ourselves from the limitations associated with teachers' unions. Right. And, and it's fair to go specific and talk about firing because yeah. if it's just the perfect example of how bloated these unions are, how powerful they are, both on the Republican and the Democratic side. Sure. The most powerful lobby on Congress, more than tobacco, guns, anything. It's the fucking teachers' union. It's the second most, the second strongest union in the country. What's the first? The first one, as, as far as I know, is the Teamsters' union. So that'd be uh, funny if it was barbers. <laughs> I would, uh, uh, as far as I know, look, I'm not, I'm not. Who I am is sort of like a line worker guy who works. You know, you have the restaurant. No, you're the Messiah. You have. have You're the the second coming of Christ. You are the solution to the world's ills, and it's not just education. The reason that charter schools do well in Harlem, is they the free market, which is an amorphous blob that can shape itself to its surroundings, right? has shaped itself to the reality of blacks in Harlem. Yeah. And the problem with the do-gooder, leftist, communist view of everyone is the same. It neglects to take into account that blacks have a totally different life. They have a different culture. They have something like 80% single parent rate. Right, right. Now, when you grow up without a father, 
the general pattern is, and we're allowed to notice patterns on this show, the general pattern is a lack of discipline. Well, in fact, it's in our in our founding seminars, right? When we start training our new teachers, we talk about a, t- a subject called benevolent paternalism. Wow, that's and, amazing! And so the 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 notion this is a very pater com- is in your curriculum, the, the Latin it, it, word for father. It absolutely is, and uh, it's very conscious. We're very conscious about that, and uh, what we do. I mean. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, but, no. But that, but that is that is uh, something that we pay direct attention to, and we have something called the counterfactual, uh, uh, where you know there there is a sort of a, a a lot of romance about parent participation in schools and, mm-hmm. and uh, people talking about this all the time. Where whereas what we do is we say we want your participation, we love it. However, our policies are not going to be determined by your your input. Oh, that's great. Because it's always the parents. Oh, the parents are terrible. It's the parents' fault. And I'm sure in Harlem, there are tons of shitty parents. Yeah, there are shitty parents everywhere. But it's your job. You know, the the school's job is to deal with the customer. If the customer's a fuck-up, you got to make them better. That's why we send our kids to your school, so you can fix it. Right. Like, tell me the story about... Didn't you have one girl who was truant and you went to her house? Sure did. Yeah. And well, it's not many, many situations like that, but I know what story you're talking about. Yeah. And, and the, the house was disgusting and there was just a massive pile of laundry on the bed. And she said she can't come to school because she doesn't well, have a uniform. Well, this, this particular parent has, has been undiagnosed mentally ill for, oh, for, wow. for years. Is she a hoarder? Uh, I can run down the whole list. She, she certainly struck me as a, as a hoarder. Um, I didn't have much dealings with her because what we decided to do was to work to, I mean, this is the school participating directly in the kids' lives. I love it. Where, where what we do is we, we observe a situation, mm-hmm. we triage it, where we say, okay, your biological parent is obviously not prepared to take care of herself, let alone you and your two younger sisters. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to find out who is the responsible adult in your life, if you have one. And if you don't, we're going to work the system, either the children's service system or the court system or whatever it is, because you're stuck with us. I want to make love to you right now. <laughs> I want to, I've never had gay desires before. I yeah. want to kiss your lips. Is it, is while it my Ray Ban sunglasses. No, you here. know why? Because you sound like a corporation talking about the customer. If the customer doesn't have parents, then we have to figure out another way to bring them our toothpaste. If they have no way to buy our toothpaste, we have to figure out a way. Like the public school thing is, well, the parent, the parents fucked up. Well, the parent didn't show up to the meeting. What am I supposed to do? And the parents screwed up, and they didn't come to our fundraiser. So that's it. I'm writing that fucking kid off. Yeah. Whereas the charter schools have yeah. that invisible hand of capitalism going, all right, we have a tr- trouble with this customer. We got to figure out how to get to because it. Because we have an incentive. Yes. We have an ince- a tremendous incentive to have these kids succeed. And the incentive is, is a direct reflection of our performance. And uh, so, yes, I mean. Wh- so you I, went to this house, yeah. laundry piled up everywhere, mom is nuts, yeah. and what did you do to this child? I mean, th- this is sort of guerrilla tactic social work uh, that that we needed to employ and I generalized across our network of schools to lay a foundation of, of uh, or model how we're going to work with the kids right. and how we're going to interact with parents. A lot of our parents are fantastic. A lot of our parents show up and they participate and they want to get involved. Some of our parents don't. But with this particular kid, no. Um, mom was in outer space. Don't scrape your buttons. That's distracting. Sorry, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll lift it off the table. Um, yeah, sorry, but you should put, so a, did you you get, should put a cloth or something you know, down we, here. We usually have soft cushions <laughs> we spread around the table. So, did you get her a uniform? We got her uh, over the course of her uh, career with us. We got her about six uniforms, without exaggeration. Wonderful. And until eventually, she's held on to her own, and now, oh my God, and now she, she's she's right in now. her second year of college. Actually, oh my this God, game. I just came. It's fantastic. <laughs> It is so fucking inspiring. And I love that it's in Harlem, too, because the the far left, the Mark Marins of the world, they have their two pet causes are blacks, the oppressed blacks. Mm. And they don't fraternize with these people. They don't send their kids to those schools. They have one black friend who doesn't have any black friends himself. They have one sort of what do you call it when you're black 
on the outside and white on the inside. Fucking coconut. They have one coconut. Oreo, I think. But then you can see the white. I think coconut's better because it's hidden. Anyway, um, they like the notion of blackness, but they don't want to get their hands dirty, right? And then their second favorite thing is benevolence through charity and unions and taxes and the government. And when a private institution like a charter school thrives in an all black, how many, what percentage of your students are white? Uh, I think we had one white elementary student our third year in operation. And I think now we are up to maybe two. So a fraction of 1%. Yeah. And the rest is all black? Black and Latino. About 50-50? There's a heavier black uh, representation. Um, Well, we have schools on the east side. We have schools on the west side. How many schools do you have? Uh, Roughly. We we have... Over a dozen. Yeah, over a dozen schools. And across the country. Across the country. And are they mostly black? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this guy... Well, and they're not... I should say not only... So we go to the worst performing schools. Now, if I say too much, your, your listeners or viewers are going to be able to deduce who it is that I'm talking about. However, right, but when it comes to your contract with the school, it's, it's not uh, a detective managed to find out that you're I know. You. I'm not too worried about it. Whatever okay. happens, happens. But the, uh, the idea is that the school finds the failing school in that area. Mm-hmm. So we're at the point right now where, where, the, where the, the New York City government will locate either a failing charter or a failing district school and then offer us, or, or no, what they would do is they put it up for auction to any of the competing charters and say, who wants to take the reins of this oh, sinking ship? Oh, they use an ship? auction. What a capitalist idea for <laughs> a right. government institution. Well, under the Bloomberg administration, that's what they did. But under... under um, De Blasio, I don't know what they're. I don't know. I don't know how they operate. Oh, see, there's so much to get to. I don't even know where to begin because he's the the fly in the ointment here. He could ruin this trend. And the thing that's so inspiring about this is that you were just a bunch of guys sitting around, and you said, "Why don't we try this?" Yeah. You went in. You went to a, an area everyone had given up on, Black Absol- Harlem, absolutely, and just fucking flipped it on its head. And the kids are thriving, are they not? They are not only thriving; they're outperforming kids in Scarsdale. They're oh. outperforming in in areas like oh. math and science. I- it's really I'm inspiring. I'm going to get used to that eventually. But uh, <laughs> it is inspiring, but it's inspiring to to me. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's uh, uh, without a doubt, our kids are, and a lot of people love their students and all this crap. They People talk. When it comes down to it, our kids are the hardest working kids in the entire city. And I know that for a fact. These kids work, they go to school 10 hours a day. They go on weekend. Uh, they come in for the weekend for weekend study. They work after school and tutoring. Uh, charters, right? High performing charters. Let's let's put it this way: a high performing. Well, that, sorry to interrupt, but that's kind of a, a touchy area. You said when you do these auctions, you take the worst performing school, whether yeah. it's charter or public. Now, I'm an extremist. Yeah. So in my mind, all charters, the worst charter, is way better than the best public school. Not necessarily true. Okay, well, let's talk numbers here. Out of 100 yeah. charters, how many, excuse me, how many are going to suck? I mean... Three. Far less than in district schools with comparable uh, just district rates of graduation and stuff. Drastically less. So I can tell you, when we started our first school, our kids coming into the sixth grade, let's say, they're coming in either not being able to read at all. Amazing. Or reading at the second or third grade level. This is an 11-year-old child cannot fucking Absolutely. read more, in New York City. More, more than six of those kids in our, in our cohort of 90 kids. So, oh. uh, I mean, everybody knows this in, in terms of, their, of the performance in district schools. So when, when you ever read Thomas Sowell, you know Thomas Sowell? Yep. Okay, every time I read that guy, I, I sort of, get inspired to he, he's a very inspiring writer what he writes about with, with charters he, he he mentions that anybody who's against the charter school or a successful charter school he implores them to take a look at what is actually happening in a successful charter school or high performing charter right and it it becomes very hard to criticize when you have students who two years or a year before who are either not going to school, not being able to read, not participating, not getting out of bed, playing around with gangs, playing around with drugs, uh, not not being able to to do anything academic. 
now they're they want to be in school. They come to school. They participate in after school events. They 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 want to get involved in theater of all things. They're talking. They're uh, working. It's it's a complete mentality shift. We really put it into the kids' brains that we're serious about them going to college and they and that they have no option. And if they go home, we make it, I was one of the people, I, this is something I can take credit for, where I made it more miserable for the kids to stay home than it was for them to come to school. However painful it was for them <laughs> to come to school, I would go to the, to the parents and work the parents so that I would wake the kid up standing over their beds. And I'd say, what are you, why, why aren't you in class right now? And, um, and get them to put on their uniforms and bring them myself to school. And th- that's and not only me, but the, uh, my whole team and the legacy that is associated with the team, sort of the foundational legacy of do whatever it takes to make this happen is what's going to be necessary to turn these schools around. Uh, nothing less than that. Now, one thing I have heard um, is that it's actually I'm criticizing all these liberal white people for not sending their kids to black schools or, or living even near those areas. But... I have heard moms say, I don't want to send, I can't send my kids to a charter school in New York hmm. because they were designed for black kids who don't have discipline and they thrive, but my kids don't, they have a dad, so they don't want to run laps and do push-ups. It's like military school. Sometimes. And military school is great for wayward youth, but military school is a necessary toughness for uh, someone bourgeois. Right. I mean, uh, True. And we, we, I'm not. I'm not saying we, we make our kids do laps or, or push ups. Don't they run like from one end of the <laughs> gym to the other? Isn't that a thing? What I can say was we've employed kind of we, we use creative tactics to help kids get on track. Um, by and large, that's not a policy, right? So we don't. But, but I, I hear the point of that parent saying, "Well, why would I send my kid to these schools?" I can tell you from my experience that more and more uh, uh, parents are uh, shifting, their, shifting their opinions on this as the schools become more mainstream. So what's been happening is at first, the first five, six years, it's very experimental. We are, it's very... Uh, you do medical experiments on the children? Sometimes we do, sometimes... You shock them with we, car batteries? <laughs> in, in, the, the, in the deep of the basement, yeah, <laughs> sometimes we do. Um, but over time, what happens is you know, as every organization, they get bigger and bigger, we become more and more mediocre. Now, that hasn't happened altogether. And even when that does happen to the fullest extent, our policies still still associated with our independent board and not a district board. And it's still it's still better than, right. than, let's say, going to your alternative school where kids are having sex in the hallway are are uh, beating each other up, are cursing at the teachers, and metal and, detectors, and, and doing, doing all of this crazy stuff, right? So, in our school, in in New York City public school system right now, uh, Carmen Farina, the new chancellor, just uh, spearheaded uh, and and uh, started the, a new campaign because what she's been noticing, she says, well, well, black and Latino kids are are being uh, that that were disproportionate disproportionately penalized yeah. for suspending. I hate that fucking and, talk. And like, See, that is is crucial, that detail. Yeah. Because they're saying blacks are being disproportionately punished without saying they're doing disproportionate amount of bad things. And if you're in a if you're in a school with one hundred percent black and Latino, what what are you who are you gonna suspend if not a black and Latino kid? <laughs> right? So so I don't understand these arguments. And I, I think what they're essentially saying is don't be so mean to black and Latino kids by right. suspending them for outrageous behavior. They call it minor, right? So they, they would call, if, I, if, a teacher, if a kid says F you to a teacher or smacks a teacher or sexually harasses a, his teacher, they're starting to refer to these things as minor infractions. To change the stats. To change the stats, to make sure, well, why are you suspending a kid for doing these and things? And you know what, who that really hurts is <laughs> the students, specifically yeah. the black students, because you've created this bubble around them where now they can't learn and you've created complete fucking anarchy. And I'll bet you something. I'll bet you, you talked about that girl who had six or seven uniforms and is now in her second year of college. That's right, yeah. I bet after the first three years of military school, they kind of get into the groove of reading, writing, doing their homework. They and do. I bet you can really ease up in the sort of high school years because you've 
got a good student on your hands. Our, our, our beginning years are uh, very tough for the kids in transition when they're coming from a really chaotic school. And they come into school where all of a sudden they have to wear uniforms, they have to tuck in their shirts. They have to learn they to They have read. to wear black <laughs> socks and black shoes and, you know, and, and show up at exactly uh, uh, at 7.45 in the morning. And if they show up at 7.46, they're in detention. Uh-huh. Um, they have to do all of their homework. And if they don't put their name on the top of, the, of their homework, then they don't get credit for their homework. All of these, what would be seen as extreme measures, are part of creating a culture where your expectations are now being lifted to a point where they're far beyond your, your uh, lateral level um, uh, uh, students in privileged communities. They're far, far beyond that. So that when eventually you do get to college, you are, uh, the, the whole notion of, of writing and, and, or, or submitting work and doing work thoroughly is not a completely alien notion. So, yeah. the, so we have to bend it all the way back in, in the other direction so that eventually when we let go, the spring back is more in the median than it is. Right, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that takes, that's especially true of black America. And, uh, well, no one will say that. No one can say that. It's not correct to say that. Right. And yeah. the thing I love about you is that you... The reality of people who go out and fix problems, they're not on blogs. They're no. not getting people fired for racism. No. They're not yelling about uh, 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 microaggressions and, you know, making a basketball player apologize for using the oh N-word. My God. They're in the trenches, yeah. and they don't have this stupid discourse about intersectionality and diversity and all that stuff, because you're, you're getting your hands no, because, dirty. because Tanea needs to learn how to read. Yes. And because Dequana needs to go, and these are real kids, I'm not making these names up. Uh, Tasia needs to be able to, to understand that she can't curse at her teacher, and she needs to come into school every day. And her teachers, I, I'm sort of, by virtue of this, getting credit for this, I got to tell you, there are people that are working for our network do the kind of work that I would think is insane, right? So my fiance, for example, will work something like 13 hours a day working and making sure all of these kids are getting every accommodation. And if they're not getting the accommodation, she'll find out how to do this. Where are you going to get that kind of dedicated staff? Now, you're not going to get that stuff. You need staff. a sort of Damocles called capitalism hanging Correct. over their heads. That's, that's, that's the secret that cannot be told. That's why I need to hide my name. That's why I need to, you know. Oh, you, you God forbid, you should fire incompetence. I love how that's become yeah, a sin. It's, it's a the sin. rubber rooms, guys who molest fucking 16-year-old girls and then get to make 80 grand a year in a fucking rubber room Sitting where they and, just, and I assume, the Google porn yeah. <laughs> or look at their phones and Facebook each other. Yeah. Those guys are fine. But you right. fire people like that, and that's not discussable. Let's, let's uh, uh, speak briefly about one of my favorite articles um, I've ever read, and it's in the New York Times, and it just sums up this implosion of my pet blacks and capitalism can't be friends. And if you Google Charters Harlem Thrive, yeah. you will get this article. And uh, I, I should have had it ready, but the title is something like, um, though charter schools thrive in Harlem, it is not a fix-all solution. Do you remember that? I'll dig it up on my phone while you I mean, talk. I mean, I've, I've read maybe 300 articles with similar titles <laughs> like that. But, but I mean, it's just, what is this argument? It's not the solution, not the total solution. To, of course not. Well, no, they just, no, yeah, th that, that's the best they can do. They, can, they say, well, although they're doing well, it's not the second coming of Christ. <laughs> uh, I'm going to dig up that. Yeah, but why don't you, you know not. the article I'm talking about? I just sent it to you. And oh, yeah, I read, the, I read that article. Yeah. And what was the major flaw with that one? Well, the, the whole idea was that some parents are feeling excluded. Yeah, so that's it, it. So it's, it's not even that it's not the solution. It's the, the issue for that, for that writer was that some parents, because the way that the uh, New York City um, uh, arranges uh, participation or, or enrollment in charter schools is through public lottery, right? Right. So someone is going to get in, someone's not. A lot of people are not, right? So you have, let's say, 100 seats for every 100 seats, and these are just wild numbers, but not that wild. They're 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 comparable. For every 100 seats that we have available in a, in a high-performing charter, there's probably around a thousand to 1,500 students looking for that for that seat. For so the seats. Times' gripe is that um, 
not there's not enough charter schools. But they they don't frame it that way. I know, but that's really what it comes that, down that, to. That's what it comes down Though to. Though charter schools might thrive, uh, we only have a few. Some people are being left out, and that's not nice. Okay, I found the article. Should I bring it to that camera, John? Um, yeah, sure. Let's do that one. So it says, school choice is no cure-all, Harlem finds. Please look up that article. Right. It's a... So if we don't cure the problem of of outrageous multi generational dropping out poverty, uh, if we don't do that, then yeah, let's give up the experiment. Right, because you cheated in their minds. In the left's mind, charter schools are cheating. You have to stay and fix the problem. So instead of giving up and starting a whole new thing, I don't care how well that does. You have to be loyal to this fucking stupid model that hasn't budged in 50 years. And I would argue it's gotten worse. I mean, you look at these old schools from 100 years ago, third graders were reading Wuthering Heights. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they were reading Dickens in fucking oh, where was I reading primary this? school. I was reading this. You don't read that till college yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if, if that, I mean, the ridiculous if, yeah, things that are going anyone, on in college right now. But... Uh, Look, I see it a little bit different, the the position against charter schools, right? Oh, oh, uh, one of the rules I should have told you this is no one uh, disagrees with me on the show. You're absolutely right on that. I couldn't believe, uh, they told me you were handsome, but I didn't know you Mm. knew this much about, yeah. All powerful, all good. Okay. Okay, what do you think you disagree with me about? (laughs) I think the positions, the, the the biggest argument that I've heard over the years is, that it's not sustainable. Oh, right? yeah. That it's not and And also, uh, people, uh, not everybody can participate. Now, this is, this is what I would That's say. That's like saying, this guy isn't so great. He can't fuck every woman in the world. Yeah. <laughs> he can only fuck maybe 100 women a day. So right. get over him, okay, right, ladies? Right. He's not that special. He's not, George Clooney's so, married, okay? He's not fucking you, so he's not that great. Do I have time? How long do I have to laugh on this? Because I'm feeling like I'm unnaturally cutting off my laughter. To, to I was going to mention something. You do seem a little less laughy than you could have been. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Uh, right. Well, those both of those criticisms are fucking ridiculous. And if there's one thing that you need to give up on, it's this model of public schools. These fucking teachers are so... Even friends of mine that teach are so full of themselves that they don't see a problem with having an entire summer off. Oh, my goodness. So, th- so that's a completely different debate in my mind. So this is the point that I wanted to get into, which was we're, the argument is not never, as far as I can understand, is, and I'm not an authority on this, I'm a line worker, right? Right. So from the position of a line worker, not a talking head who knows all of these facts and all this crap, mm-hmm. but somebody who's been out there and I've associated with many different charters and all the people behind them, the issue is not district school public district schools it's what zip code is your district school in mm-hmm. the issue is the communities that your school are in how are they performing so the, the debate is not so much public versus charter it's underprivileged community public district school versus high performing charter school so it's not gotcha. so it's so the the public school so the, in, the, in the West the comparison Village becomes are doing much more great. stark and oh shocking than it would be anywhere Absolutely. else in the country. So if good though. That's great news. If you're in the West Village, let's say, right? Yeah. On 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 Eleventh Street and Sixth Avenue. Where John Stewart lives. You're yes. you're in you're in the you're in a public school, you're in a district school system. Those kids are doing fantastically. Those teachers are arriving every day on time. There's just a lot of oversight and those, those those schools are great. Well, we just had Jason Jones from the Daily Show bragging about public schools. But he's in. He's a few blocks from here. He's in the Upper West Side. Of course, it's uh, a good public. Wonderful. School. wonderful Everyone's place. better. <laughs> Every, everything's great. Now let's now take go to Bushwick, or go to uh, East New York, where there's a murder a day, or go to East Harlem in in 1995, and tell me compare that public elementary school to your public elementary school on West 10th Street and 6th Avenue. Yes, and I think it's worth noting that charter schools are necessary throughout the country, but I believe there's nowhere where charter schools are more needed than in black communities, and I believe that's because blacks tend to grow up with just a mom, and that means they lack discipline. Uh, Half the time, the mom's only 15, 16 years younger than them, and it's a, a different 
fucking culture. The beauty of capitalism is if you're in an area where there's tons of Brazilians, then they sell chuclo bars. I just made up that Brazilian treat, but they, they adapt to their surroundings. And we, was, we were on Red Eye the other day, and then we were talking about this woman who had humiliated her daughter by making her wear a T-shirt that yeah. said, don't be talking to my ass. I got to focus on my school, and I'm not here to waste time. And if you really are my friend, then you'll step the fuck off. Well, there was, it wasn't swearing, but it was, you know, slangy, and it was humiliating. And then they also found bruises and a belt mark on this girl. Yeah. Uh, and they took the kid away from her. And that is such a bourgeois fucking white view of the ghetto. You don't know what it takes to survive in that neighborhood. You know, our parents and our parents' parents, everyone's had the belt one generation ago and before. Yeah. Our generation didn't get it for the most part. But in black communities, it's totally fucking normal. So you're using your myopic white view of the world and enforcing yeah. it on this kid. Maybe, you know, that kid needs that kind of... I'm laughing because it reminds me of the story. We had one kid from Africa. This kid from Africa came into our school and uh -huh. started mouthing off to me in the school and said, fine, look, you want to do this? I'm calling your dad right now. He's like, well, call my dad. <laughs> the dad was this cab driver and he comes up and he comes up and he he has this like the, the Bluetooth thing. Yeah, he yeah. goes, click. He goes up to the kid and he grabs the kid. This is in front of the school in the by the reception area. And he says, Get on your knees. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, we don't whoa. we don't need to do this. He's like, get don't on your knees him. and apologize. Apologize to him now. And the kid started crying and getting on his knees and bowing, at, begging for forgiveness. And you so, are a goat. <laughs> <laughs> the different, they always have weird insults. So talk about in, talk about bourgeois value in other countries. Yeah, your be, uncle <laughs> is a bear, and he eats in the garbage. That was really Animals uncomfortable for us too. That so we had to impose some of our bourgeois values. We had Talib Starks on the show, and he works with troubled kids in the ghetto in Philly, and he's not allowed to say "stop running" if they're running around oh their my group. God. He has to say "slow down," and this these are kids who fight every day of their lives. It's I mean, even with white people. Uh, this notion of you can't say no and you have to say this is not how we behave in this establishment no. you know my parents if my parents said that to my brother that's fine but as soon as they're gone i would do this thing where i would sit on top of him and hold his wrist down and then i would have phlegm that would go right over his face oh yeah that, wasn't that didn't everybody that's i thought, like I thought a big that's, brother what, ritual. that's what you had to do as yeah. a big brother yeah. and you say uh gavin is the king yeah. and if i take it i'm not proud of this by the way but i said to he had to say gavin is the king and if i take it back after he gets up i'm a faggot and i have aids not cool not very progressive I mean, but yeah. that's how big brothers play with little brothers mm. now in the slums of new york that's even more extreme and to have this bourgeois midwestern white mentality where we say no running in the hall and I'm afraid we can't do that. When these kids are getting beat at home, no, I don't think that's a midwestern. Or getting beat on the street, it it's incompatible. This is this is okay. So this is the issue is as far as I understand it. Are you going to compare your day to day reality to an absolutely unreachable, unattainable, forever ideal? Is that how you're going to compare your 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 results? I'm not Mao. You know, it's, it's I it's can't like, control hundreds of millions of people. Right. I want the, the individual situation to work itself out. And it seems like, and I'm just guessing here, I'd hate to stereotype, but it appears to me that one thing that's very effective in working class homes, especially black homes, is shame. Yeah. That's, that, I just pulled that out of my ass, by the way. But th there's a barber shop in Atlanta where you kids who mouth off get the old man look. And what the barber does is he cuts your hair like you're bald. <laughs> That'll work. And these black kids are fucking humiliated because they look like old man bald heads. And uh, that's how they get punished. This is a different culture. Shame isn't so big in Madison, Wisconsin. You know, yeah. if you shaved a kid's head as an old man, he'd go, Dad, what the fuck did you just do to my hair? What are you, what's going on here? The beauty of these charter schools is I don't have to be right or wrong with my theories about shame and the belt and the fucking T-shirt. The charter school adapts to its surroundings and it's found that extreme discipline, at least with the newbies, is effective. And if it wants to be successful, it's going to have to respond to the needs, the immediate needs. Immediate. That's yeah, the key yeah, right there. Yeah, because yeah. a public school can have, well, we've seen, they've, have, they've had a half century plan now. Well, the original argument with the public school is that we say, well, why are they so terrible? Well, it's because we are underfunded. Oh, fuck. We're underfunded. So what did, what did, what did the world do? 
it threw an incredible amount of money at public schools. Shocking. And un, uh, a sort of a, a breathtaking But children of, are our future, and teaching is the hardest job So that in. was the argument, right? All yeah. throughout the 70s and 80s. But we need money, money, money. Yes. And the money, if you look at, at uh, if you were to graph it, again, the test scores are like this. But the money has been a 45-degree yeah, yeah. line Not a little for 50 increase, years. a tremendous increase of, tremendous. Of, 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 of public funding. And why are we say flatline results? We come back to them. We say, okay, wait, so we've given you money for 30 years, an incredible amount of money, more money than you wanted. Why are your results so terrible consistently? It's now the argument is, well, now class sizes are too big. <laughs> so it's, a, so well, it's always going to be some other issue. Another semi-rational argument I have heard from them is it gets swallowed up by the administration. Well, uh, the administration... So we, it's all we're part of the same about- problem, but some t- a teacher would tell you, I'm still making fucking 40, 50K a year here yeah. and having to work all summer. It's the admins above me that are, are hogging all your extra funding. Now, as an outsider, as a taxpayer, I go, I don't fucking care which one of you criminals is hogging the money. Right. Okay, the whole thing is a fucking shithole. I don't care if one gangster says it's it's the bloods on the east side who are, who are so doing the drive-bys. Any, anybody, anybody who's going to tell you that charters, people are interested in making their own money, these non-for-profits are skimming and you know, making money for their administrators, I got to I got to say a few things. For First of all, go to any... any uh, district school principal and I'm not an expert in any of these things I'm telling you my opinion from mm-hmm. one anonymous guy to Gavin McInnes I'm actually meant to be anonymous too on this show uh, two anonymous two, guys two anonymous guys talking to each other talking about this go to any of these district uh, school principals they're going to be driving and, and I can't say every single one I'm not going to say every single one but you're going to see a lot of people who do very little and when they retire, we're all going to be paying them about one hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy thousand dollars every year <sighs> for for doing very, very for getting really awful results. Imagine Especially that in existed these particular in schools. the real world. Imagine a car company kept making the same shitty nineteen seventies car. If you have a company, right? You have you have some business. If I if you hired me and all I did was sit on my ass all day long and show up late like three times out of the week. Well, that would happen two, two or three times how, and you'd be fired. How, how long would I would I work for you? Yeah, for it's the McDonald's years, analogy. If you're late once, you're fucked. Yeah, so uh, the difference is it's, it's a very complicated issue, but some, but some things about this debate are very clear. And a lot of things are complicated and there are a lot of shades of gray and all this stuff. And I'm not, I don't have all of the answers at all. And would never See, you're that. right, New York Times. <laughs> he doesn't have all of the answers. But what I do know is that I have a lot of people behind me who worked a lot harder than me and continue to work a lot harder than me. Than the, and they work to make sure that the kids that they work with are successful and, and it's happening. And why should that stop for for? For what? What reason? What's the argument? Because Bill de Blasio thinks that to lose faith in the government is to lose faith in us as a people because the government in a democracy is a symbol of the unity of the people. And we have to keep working to fix the public schools because they are ultimately what we all voted for. And that's what we need. No, we don't. Uh, It's... uh... Cut it loose. It's not working. Bye. It would be an incredible. Think about the entrepreneurship associated with high performance work. If you took that that high performance model and applied it to schools, which is what the charter, the high performance charter school movement is about, right? Like they're constantly improving, right? They're constant. They never sit. They never leave these poor kids, and I mean the the adults who work for them never leave them alone, right? So they get they get paid thirty percent, thirty five percent more than their district counterparts, but they work. 40% more than their district counterparts. Well, it's more fulfilling. It is. We haven't evolved to have freebies. And when these teachers can't get fired, you've taken all the fun out of their job. And I remember in school, they would put in a VHS tape of some fucking movie. We'd watch the whole thing. I don't know why we were watching movies in school. Then we would do presentations, and it would take all day for each student to do it, or all week. Then we would evaluate each t- each other kids. We'd mark the other kids' things. That was some sort of learning where we're pretending to be teachers. I mean, then... 
getting off at 3.20, though they say they have to work hard to prepare their lesson for tomorrow. Right. I don't understand why if you've been doing the same fucking class for 10 years. <laughs> and then, you know, the holidays throughout the year are nuts. But then this giant two months off. If I had two months, I could, I could retire today. I would go insane from boredom. Right. Two months off? Even 10 days on vacation, I'm climbing the walls. Yeah. Two fucking months? You'd have to take up water skiing. Well, You'd you, have to become an Olympic water skier. You know where these traditions came from? They came from the farming world. Right. Where where during during those harvest months, those kids needed to be at oh, home okay. to, to pick the crops. Huh. And, so, and I guess I it know. also made sense when most teachers were women because they wanted to be with their children in the summer and they didn't need that much money. They, it was almost like well, a, it was about having a hobby job. Field hands on, on hand oh. so they could work. It was about labor. But and now they just go to camp, <laughs> or they go on the street and they they block traffic and create havoc. But uh, can block I ask you traffic? I've never heard that. You never These had these goddamn ne- kids and the traffic blocking. Uh, so you never driven on Bushwick Avenue? Apparently, they they're, they're blocking traffic there all the time. That's a huge. No, I'm just kidding. I, oh, I, I, <laughs> I was like, I have never heard of this before. Um, one last thing I want to get to here before uh, we fire you for incompetence. Wait, that's it? No, no. Oh, this is a long one. Um, so we're talking about this business model, right? Mm. And how it just works. And the public schools are like a car company that's putting out a 1975 Dodge Dart still. And we go, that car's too big. It's a gas guzzler. I paid you 10 times more than I did in 1975. Right. You keep giving me the same fucking piece of shit car. Well, we need we need 20 more years of research to make sure that the radiator works effectively. Right, right. Or or if de Blasio's thing is, what's your problem with the Dodge Dart? It's pretty good. It's a pretty good car. Yeah, it's for everybody. It's easy to fix. It actually yeah. is kind of a good car. It's, it is easy to fix. But anyway, um, I am baffled by colleges today mm. because they defy the model of capitalism they're i mean sure they get taxpayer money but for the most part they're private institutions and they are selling dog shit yeah when i (laughs) even in the 90s when i went to college i I keep using this anecdote but we had a a teacher tells us okay to have an abortion up until a year after the baby is born we had one teacher in philosophy of science who was mentally ill and just would speak in jargon the whole time and when i showed my dad who's a physicist some of my homework he, he went to the dean and he said, this person is fucking absolutely mad. <laughs> and the dean goes, yeah, that's the Flat Earth Society over there. Talking about that entire wing of the building. So you had an involved parent when you were in college. My, yes. My parents were, they would get insulted if I brought home books. They'd be like, why are you reading? Uh, what, what, you should be rolling up your sleeves and going to work. What is this? What is this? Ooh, I'm reading. You're reading a book? Oh, that's great. <laughs> What is that? Is that an Arab thing? <laughs> I do look Arab. I'm actually, uh, I don't give too much information. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, both my parents were born in Iraq, but uh, they moved to Israel during the founding of that country. But they moved here in 1965 and they stayed here, became American citizens. Right. And I was born here. So Let's not get off track here. No, no, seriously. Um, I love that you're working so hard. To it's, it's so fucking huge what you're doing because one of the biggest problems in this country is the way... The, the black experience, uh, the way these black kids grow up, the, the, the amount of crime in their lives, the fact that with a lot of poor blacks, jail is just seen as a respite where you go to meet your dad or something. We had a guy on the other day talking about that. That is a fucking major problem. And no, I don't think it's the result of racism. I think it's the result of welfare policies that encourage single moms to be single moms. But it doesn't matter why or what my theory is for what we are stuck with, it's what blacks are stuck with in 2015 that matters. And the left solutions are charity and public schools and bullshit that doesn't work. And your solution is the free market and fixing them. And your hands are dirty, you're in Harlem, they're not. I'm beginning to realize that the biggest fucking racists in this country are liberals. And the evidence I have of this is how often they cite that Freakonomic study, which is flawed, and uh, Steve Saylor debunked this myth, but they said crime went down when abortion was made legal. Something like 15 15 years after Roe versus Wade, uh, crime plummeted. And that's because 
basically they're saying blacks weren't being born. And I heard Bill Maher say this on his fucking show the other night to a black dude. He said, why would you say crime is down? Do you, do you think part of it is uh, the abortion rate going up? Because they love fucking abortion. So these far lefties <laughs> want black genocide. They think black genocide is the solution to the problem. Well, when you guys are saying, no, the solution is a kick in the ass. And yeah. next thing you know, they're off to college. Oh, no, absolutely. That is this. I don't know. I, I you don't have to abort them. No, <laughs> you do have to work hard. And there's a, there's a lot of deficit, right? So you're going to have a couple of reactions. When you're encountering an, a, a maelstrom of deficit, right? You, you're walking into an, an arena where there's just lack in every direction. The kids, the kids can't read. They don't know how to interact with each other. They don't know how to walk in through the doors. Uh, uh, they, there's no courtesy. And I'm not saying everybody. But a lot, right? A lot, enough. These so, are the types of problems you have to deal with with new students. Uh, to the extent where that aspect of the culture overtakes every any anything else that could possibly come out of a community, right? Right. So if you if you have a nice place, all you need is like two of your crappy friends to come in and crap all over it and make it terrible. Yes, yes, right. yes. So how do you interact with that? You're going to you have to be firm. You it. have to mimic. The environment they're from, and if that's tough, and if that's occasionally it's, it's, violent, it's very. You tough. have to not necessarily be violent, but at least mimic that culture. So be daunting, be scary, be intimidating. That's exactly. Well, you, you're hitting on right now a, a part of this, which is absolutely true. So when you're giving a lot of the of our sort of white colleagues who are idealistic, they work very hard. I can't say now. I'm talking about my personal experience years ago uh-huh. i can't speak for the folks who are working now but they were very they found it very very difficult to speak very firmly to say to the kids sit down right sit down yeah. i can do it no problem yeah, you hey <laughs> hey sit down <laughs> that's exactly now right. right no no i don't want to yeah. hear it yeah no da, 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 da. yeah sit down now yeah exactly exactly but people uh if that in tandem with of a culture or a policy wh- where things are taken care of. You can't just yell at kids and expect results. No, well, they have to but have, they can get fired too. Your teachers can get fired and your kids can get kicked out. If you do it in an out of control way, certainly. But the whole notion of being able to talk to somebody who grew up in a household, if you have kids who grew up in a household where, where they're getting smacked upside the face, and then all of a sudden you're going to tell them, look, we can't tell you to stop, we have to tell you to slow down. Those kids are not going to respond exactly. to you. Wait, just to be clear, when I said the kids can get fired, I meant just as the teachers have the sort of Damocles of losing their job, the kids know they're going to get expelled oh, or they they're going to fail. They don't yeah. have that in public schools. No. Teachers are petrified of kicking kids out or well, disciplining them at they're, all. They're, they're going to be sued. They're going to have some weird, some, some frivolous, out, out, some, some kind of nonsense. But the, yeah. the, the thing I was trying to get to that I, I got myself off track, but... So you work your ass off. You, you, this kid is the six, seven uniform kid. I love her as an example. She's off to college now. But college has become just as shitty as public schools. <laughs> they teach kids lies like the fucking kill a one-year-old is fine that I was told. And these people are going 60K into debt for an education that's, that's that, cheap. that leaves them stupider then when they went in, I mean, I'm a firm believer in, I think boarding school is where 14-year-olds should go. Teenagers don't like their parents anyway. So I want all my kids to go to boarding school 14, 18. After that, I don't really give a shit. If you're into chemistry, okay, fine. I'll pay for you to take some STEM uh, at college. But as far as liberal arts and mass comm and English and all this shit, yeah. that professors are fucking commies. So you're going 60K in debt to be brainwashed by a commie and to learn a language that doesn't exist. I mean, lawyers learn weird, fancy words, but they use them in court. Right. In college today, intersectionality, hegemony, right. ma- um, um, microaggression, those words don't exist on earth. People have become fascinated with this post-structuralist nonsense. People, like, people will read... Um, you know Foucault and Derrida and all the, and and uh, a, a lot still reading Marx through this sort of uh, post-structuralist critique. Yes, and it couldn't be more esoteric. You might as well be learning Klingon. Well, 
so where are all these people going to get jobs? They're going to get jobs working in this sort of blogger sphere. Well, that's just it. If you learn Klingon, the only people you can talk to is Trekkies. Right. So they, right. they become bloggers at Gawker, and that's it. Th right. They can only blog. Yeah, they can only blog and sue people for discrimination. And sue people. Or, or, you know, there's millions of fake jobs in this country of the diversity committee and multicultural awareness where you go and talk to students about white privilege and blah, blah, blah. Oh. You know, social media. I just had a conversation a with somebody one. this morning, a friend of mine. He's probably going to be watching this show. And he was saying, well, uh, is, he was saying that Islamic extremism wouldn't exist without capitalism. Capitalism created Islamic extremism. You know how you were giving me an erection earlier? Yeah. That statement just makes it. me so fucking viscerally angry. It's the exact opposite emotion. It's like I have an inverted boner right when now. It's a, and I looked at him. I was like, wait, so you're really, you're, you're telling me this? And, and he said, yeah. And I can't, I, can't, I can't even have a conversation with you. I can't even talk about it. This happened this morning. This morning. This morning. When were, and I was eating a sandwich. So he's saying, but I know his, because I used to be one of those people when I was a teenager. He's saying that our use of oil in the Middle East has made all these uh, not, Arabs not crazy. Even, no, not even capitalism in general. I said, so wait a second. So w w what do you mean capitalism created? So, so there's, there was no extremism? Be, uh, without capitalist, uh, I don't even understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and he, so, but it, it went, it got to the point where it, it occurred to me, and I love him. I, he's, he's, he's going to be watching this. This guy doesn't work. How does he exist? His, his father, who's a uh, day trader who makes millions of dollars, funds him and Amazing. yells and yells at him and says, what, what the hell are you doing with your life every day? Amazing. And he he sort of just reads books and, and well, and that's the infantilization. And, and, and I was like, wait, so you are you guy with no job who doesn't wake up until he feels like it is telling me that capitalism is the root of all of this evil? How 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 does how does that how does that pan out? So th that's what they're teaching. I think one of the to answer your question, why? Sorry about these buttons. This is a Western Fucking jacket buttons. that has these big wiggly buttons that screw up audio all over the place. It looks like the kind of jacket a Hasidic Jew would wear. That's that's what I was going for. It actually it. was, yeah. You nailed it. Um, I want to be sort of a hipster Hasidic Jew. I'm waiting for when, Williamsburg, when the white hipster kids are going to start wearing those fur hats. Yeah. Those, that would be awesome. They abandoned the fedora. I don't know if it's going to happen. When you were doing the do this, don't do this kind of thing back in the 90s. And the, the do's and don'ts. I was waiting to see when you were going to have a white kid with one of those beaver I think I did hats. go there once or twice, yeah. Um that would have been awesome. But, but, but look, why is college turning we're running into out of time here. Um, I don't think you should be encouraging college for these kids if it's not STEM. I personally, and again, I'm, not, I'm nameless, so I can say whatever I want here. Right. I agree with you. However, w the alternative is the workforce, which is fine. But... If the students who do work hard and can participate and be, and become on par with their white counterparts, uh -huh. that is our stated goal, right? So our goal from the beginning is You're right. college. I'm being a utopian. Uh, let's just get them into college. Get them now into the college. fact that college is fucked up, and if they take liberal arts, they might come out dumber than when they went in, is a problem we will get to. We want them to be further just on down as the line. dumb as their rich white right. they counterparts. They should have the privilege exactly. to be as stupid. That's exactly as these our fucking goal. Horrible liberal. That's what kids. gets me up in the morning. That's why everyone I know works very hard. I really believe <laughs> that's I what mean, we're trying to do. You can't pay attention when you're in your twenties. It's your formative years are your teens, and you should be at a boarding school or a charter school. You know, heavy discipline. And then when you're in your twenties, you can fucking open a pizzeria or start a, a, a dot com or or you know build a business, learn mm. a fucking trade. Mr. McGinnis, the reason why we're doing this is because we've noticed over time that these kids, these 100% black and Latino kids, have been given the worst hand, generation after generation. And how are we going to fix this? Is we're gonna give, do our best to give them a real opportunity to, 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 to even the score a little bit. And the way that we're gonna do that is not by taking public money and, and giving it into these uses. We have to work day and night to make sure that these go kids are reading. Go to her house. We, get her go to a the uniform. House. That's, that's exactly, that's, that's the issue. Yeah. We have to do that impossible work every single day. Well, basically what I'm hearing from you is we opened a school in an area with no fathers, so a huge part of our business model was surrogate fathers. 
that it could be looked at, in my opinion, it could be looked at in that way, absolutely. And that is why I love you more than a friend, because this is someone who's getting they're sorry to keep repeating myself but they're getting their hands dirty they're fixing the problem they're not whining about it on social media they're not getting anyone fired they're not thought policing they're not pontificating they are going to the girl's house saying why aren't you in school finding out it's about a uniform and then getting her a fucking uniform that, that's right. and now she's in the second year of college and then going on to the next problem and doing it that way and it's not just me i have to say I've done this for years. I'm using you. I, I'm yeah. glad you're anonymous today because yeah. I'm using you as a metaphor yeah. for all charter schools. The, the, the people are and working very, very The solution hard. to poverty yeah. and crime and everything in this country is the invisible hand of capitalism. And I think you personify that. I really appreciate you coming by. And I definitely appreciate you saving the world. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's my pleasure to save the world. Building a better tomorrow. See, you can have all your platitudes about children are our future. This guy is actually getting them pants and making sure they sit in a chair. Okay? You're welcome, America. You're welcome.